Let's get right into, and we're straight out of Vegas, let's get right into the New York Knicks and the idea of the Utah Jazz and this potential trade. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the Utah Jazz now reportedly listening to trade offers for three-time All-Star guard Donovan Mitchell, and Vegas gives the New York Knicks the best chance to acquire him at minus 125. Yeah, and it seemed, if we think back to Windhorse at ESPN and you know some of the... Uh, his his hinting and, and, and hand movements and intonations and uh, it, it seems like and, and especially I think the trading of two personal friends of Mitchell from the Jazz and in these were trades you know one well one was a cut and one was a trade and the trade wasn't all that attractive for Utah it seemed to portend it seemed to predict a Utah Jazz team that was looking to really just rebuild to cut it down. Uh, to the you know to the studs as they say and then build it back up and we've got now calling the shots in Utah Danny Ainge and Danny Ainge former obviously Celtic GM he has a history uh, a history of uh, tearing down of, of being a little bit early instead of a little bit late and I do think it's fascinating we talk so much about in the NBA you don't want to be okay. You don't want to be average. You want to be a championship contender or you want to be really bad and have a really high draft choice. And Utah is a team that just two years ago, so not the most recent season, but the season before that was one of the best teams in the West. And a handful of playoff disappointments could be telling it could say no this team can't win it tear it down or it could be maybe a premature move but once they traded Gobert now you don't really have a choice to compete for a title now it's either be average or be terrible and it seems like the Mitchell trade AJ would be that move towards terrible what I'm interested in and you can talk about any aspect of this story you want but what I'm interested in is the idea of if you are, and if I'm not mistaken, they were the number one seed in the West the year before last. Confirm that. Correct. Yes. So the the best, the West is supposed to be this amazing conference. They were the best team in the West season before last in the 82 game regular season. They lose in a seven game playoff series, and then they were what the third or fourth best team in the West last year, and the most recent year. And then they lose in a playoff series. I get the idea you can't win a title without winning playoff series. But if you're going to be tearing down a team that within the last two seasons was, you know, the best team in the West in 82 game regular season, then, man, what team doesn't get torn down? It really feels like a weird teardown. Maybe some of it has to do with Mitchell and Gobert not getting along. I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, I think the writing had been on the wall for a while that Mitchell and Gobert were, weren't going to continue to play together. The one seed a couple of years ago, you mentioned the five seed last year. And I, I think you're right. I think Donovan Mitchell is the kind of player who would prevent you from totally tanking. I feel like he's good enough that he keeps you in, in the late lottery conversation instead and, of and giving you me, a, 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 a pick that'll really help you. Do me a favor. Let's use the word tanking in a deliberate way. Tanking means you're trying to lose. Right. Uh, so I don't think that Utah's trying to lose. I think what they're trying to do, I don't think any team's trying to lose, actually, in the NBA. I think what they're trying to do is 
take is is give up assets now for assets in the future right and maybe maybe aj and again i think we need to you know hash this out because it's it's an important point because i think a lot of shows a lot of talking heads throw that tanking word around i think at the end of seasons when you're on the cusp of you know being in the top bottom four or whatever you know i think now that's the bottom four yeah you're going to get teams that maybe are incentivized or they're certainly incentivized and they will act upon that to try not to win not that they're trying to miss shots but they won't start guys they could start there's no benefit to that right if you're trading guys you get a bet go bear being gone for utah hurts their chances of winning but they gain a great benefit from that right picks players etc you know future players you know, mostly picks, obviously. Now, the question becomes, is that tanking? No, that's deferring for the future. Tanking's different. I, uh, yeah, I understand. So you said you want to be good or you want to be terrible. You'd never want to be in the middle. I think yeah, I should have said Donovan Mitchell is the kind of player that is going to keep you in the middle because Donovan Mitchell's good enough to keep you away from being terrible. So moving on from Donovan Mitchell, getting assets and just accepting that you're going to be terrible for a short time, which it seems like they were already in the process know, of doing by moving Gobert. Time? Who knows about a short time, though? Right. I mean, well, I don't think no, anybody wants to be terrible forever. I, I, I think you you accept. Okay, we're going to be terrible for a year or two, and then hopefully start. We we've put down the the foundation to have a, a winner again. No, no, I don't think they want to be terrible for a long time. But what I'm saying is, once you tear down and start trying to build up, those are. I mean, how do you build up? You're going to have one or maybe two. You know, well, well, two or, or, or I guess maybe three draft choices a year that matter. But let's just say two for a second. Going 0 for 2 isn't that hard. Right? If you have the nope. fifth pick, if you have the fifth pick in the, in the 23rd pick, you can, you can, the idea that those two picks aren't going to contribute a ton in the near term is not crazy. And now you're bad again. And then you're bad. I mean, it's like, I guess what I'm saying is if Gobert and Mitchell weren't getting along, and it seems like that was the case from the whole COVID, you know, joking around locker room stuff or whatever. And again, obviously, in hindsight, it wasn't a funny joke. At the time, you know, Gobert didn't understand the severity of things. But okay, that seemingly was a, a big part of them not getting along. Why not trade one of them for a player? And say, okay, we were the number one team the year before last in the West. We were the number five team, as you said, last year. If you, that adds up to six, right? How many teams in the last two years were their uh, uh, their ranking or their slot in the West is less than six? If you simply said over 164 games, uh, eight, I don't think the year before last had 82, but let's you know, let's say uh, you know 150 plus games. That's a great way to judge how good a team is, right? Is how, what was your, uh, you know, ranking? I, I, I'm, I'm missing the word. Your seed. What was your seed? The, the, the two years ago. What was your seed last year? Add them up. So you look at a team like Phoenix. Phoenix was one. Phoenix was what three the year two, before? They were two the year two. before. Okay, so now Phoenix is better. Okay, but Phoenix is supposedly one of the great success stories of the last couple of years, yep. right? Okay, who else is better? Lakers are worse. I mean, if we go down the list, is anyone else better? No, that's it. That's it in the West. Denver was the three seed two years ago. Uh, the, the the Grizzlies were the eight seed before this year when they were the two seed. So yeah, the if you say if you take the average seed over the last two years, the Jazz have the second best average seed in the Western Conference behind only Phoenix. That's the team you blow up? 
That's the question. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, yeah. does it? No, it doesn't, and, and I'm sure that the lack of playoff success is maybe some sort of factor to it. And, and well, the for idea sure, that, for sure. But but I, I guess how much of it is Danny Ainge wants to start from scratch because that guarantees him five or six years? I mean, if you do this, how soon? What's the soonest you can start complaining as an owner, right. as a fan? Year three or four, probably. If, how if how do you complain year three? How do you? I mean, it's at minimum, it's a two-year down, you know, dip down. In year three, you're going to start complaining. What? If, I think the, the the only way you can complain if it looks like the guys that you've drafted with all these assets are are not on their way to panning out. Except most NBA players. I mean, look at Wiseman, right? He was in the summer leagues last night. He disappointed. Um, now he's entering year three, effectively, right? And uh, it, it, it's like, is it, how much of a bust is he? He's a he, he's he's certainly a disappointment for Golden State, but but does he have no value? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, it, 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 most likely, unless there's a disaster, and and two draft choices get arrested and go to jail or something, chances are Danny Age got till year four or five before the conversation even starts, and 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 thus. That's pretty good, right? I don't know how much he's making right. a year, multiple millions a year, and he pretty much. And got, they, yeah, I was gonna say, and they've got a new, a new coach who's on a five-year deal, a young guy, Will Hardy, who's on, you know, is plant. They're planning on a slow build with this guy, guy who's never been a head coach in the league before. So I, I do think it makes sense that they're they're starting their version of the process. Well, you think it makes sense? If, it, but how so? If this process is good for them, who isn't it good for? What teams in the league shouldn't be doing the process? I think that it depends on your your mindset as an owner. Because if you're if as an owner, if it's uh, we want to be good in the regular season every year, it, th- well, then but, but yeah, the Jazz could probably pro- continue to do this. A seven game series in which you win or you lose doesn't tell you the truth of how good a team is in the playoffs. It just doesn't. I mean, do, are we supposed to believe that Utah, because they've had a playoff disappointment? In it, and this year, to me, part of the problem this year was this is a team that seemed to almost mutiny on the floor against Dallas, that they wanted to lose or they didn't care much about winning might be the better way to say it. And that is probably the Gobert slash Mitchell factions, right? And they were just so sick of each other. It seems like if after the number one seed year, if you were to trade whoever you think is the weakest, the most overrated one, right? If you're the Utah Brass, is it Mitchell? Is it Gobert? Let's say for the sake of argument, because we saw Gobert pull in such a haul, let's say you think Gobert is the most overrated, that you can get the most for him and lose the least. Why not, after, la- after the year before last, why not trade him, bring in a, a, either two B-plus guys or another kind of A-minus guy, and say, okay, now let's do this again with, in theory, the same quality of players, just absent the personality conflict that Gobert and Mitchell had. I think that's a good question, but I think it's also hard to trade player for player and get fair value well, in the it, NBA. It, it, 
I mean, more often than not, we see star player traded for expiring contracts and draft. Like it's, it's, it's rare usually because there's one good star players are traded for each other. There's usually because it's one star player is on the team and they're, they're deciding to do the teardown. It, when they do make trades with multiple, when there's multiple good players on the team, and again, you, maybe you're right. Maybe you're if if we say Gobert's a dollar, you're not getting a dollar back, but you might be getting two fifty cent pieces back. And and the question is, and, and let and, and can that win? Well, I tell you this, it can compete. I tell you this, it, it, it can do at least as well as the number one seed that they did two years ago. It's just there's this magic idea that that everyone the process hasn't worked. The process hasn't worked. Philadelphia hasn't even made a final. Right. So I mean, Philadelphia hasn't been the number one seed. Utah has done better over the course of more games than Philadelphia has the last two years. So yeah. why would you say, you know what we want to do? Stop what we're doing now and start doing what Philadelphia is doing. And in I about mean, five uh, or six years, we can be as good as Philadelphia is now, which is worse than we are. Maybe one explanation is they don't believe Donovan Mitchell's good enough to be the, the best player on a, ch- a championship All right, team. Then, then keep Gobert and trade Mitchell. But do you think Gobert is? I mean, I, I think maybe they think they've got two B players, and you need. We, we've seen you really need an A player to win in the NBA Finals. The, the, there's one team that wins every year. You're, you're supposed to win statistically every 30 years. If you're going to look at being the number one seed in the West and say that's not good enough, we got to tear it down to have a chance to be a little bit better. How many teams are better than that a year? Two or three? I mean, look, how long, has, how long has every team been trying to rebuild? All the rebuilding teams, Washington, let's just go down the list, Sacramento, et cetera, et cetera. These teams that never have been in, let's say, the conference finals in the last 10 years. They're all trying this. And Utah was so much better than all of them. And now they're saying, yeah. let's do it like they do it. Mackenzie, what do you think of this? I think it's all about Danny Ainge and his ego. And he thinks this is my team. I did it with Boston. Let me do it again. I feel like this does give him a long leash, and he can kind of be the guy in charge for a decade, and that's that's why he's setting it up and starting a brand new. Doesn't seem to help the fans too much. No, if you're a Salt Lake City, Utah fan, you're not happy right now. You're not going to have good basketball to watch for a couple of years, it sounds like. And you know what's funny is, as a Steelers fan, this will be the last point on this segment, uh, being a Steelers fan, I've won a lot of titles. I mean, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but six. And... <laughs> And the fact of the matter is I love those titles, but I also love when Pittsburgh has a team I like that plays hard and and, and, and overperforms. And I get it. You want to win a title, but having it, especially Utah, it seems to be a city of principle, a city that isn't maybe as caught up in, you know, the the, the, the obsession with counting rings that, that has, you know, that having a team that they can root for and feel good about probably is more important than most fan bases. Bam, being the number one seed. Now, I don't know how much they like those players, so I, I can't necessarily judge that. But man, oh man, this feels like, and and this will be a good time to break. But when we come back, the number one favorite to get Mitchell is the Knicks. The question I'm going to ask is if they do get Mitchell, even for, let's say, a good trade where the Knicks don't have to give up a massive amount, will that Knicks team with Mitchell be better than the Utah team two years ago? And if not... Why would the Knicks do this? Because this is exactly what Utah is trying to reverse, seemingly, is what the Knicks is trying to build. Stay tuned. 